Welcome to Swala Nyeti, the law podcast that pairs a layman and a lawyer to answer your legal questions of the day. Swala Nyeti is sponsored by the law firm of Kigwata and Company Advocates and is intended for educational purposes only. Welcome to the Lehman vs. Many Lawyers on Traffic Thursday, traffic-related offences, which almost all of us have had an issue with. Once or twice in our lives, we have been stopped by a traffic police who has asked us for our driving license. You know, you know the drill. And to help us navigate this is Pamba Ouma Pamba, a litigator. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am Mr. Pamba Ouma, a lawyer and a firm of uh, Ochoke and Company Advocates where I majorly deal with uh, general litigation that is both civil and criminal matters. Question number one. I sold my car recently and the new owner hit and ran someone before we had transferred and badly injured them. Later I was summoned to the police and told I was being charged since I was the registered owner. Do I have a defense? The subject here is who bears the responsibility of reporting an accident involving a motor vehicle. Now, the traffic act that is, the law dealing with traffic on road creates a very vital duty of stopping and reporting an accident involving a motor vehicle. This obligation is given to the driver of the motor vehicle involved in an accident that they are supposed actually to stop once an accident occurs and provide the identification details. That is, their name and address and such details of the owner of the motor vehicle to the person who would reasonably require them to do so. And such a person who would reasonably require them to do so, maybe a police officer or a person who has been injured or suffered any loss as a result of the accident. And the driver is also charged with the responsibility of reporting the accident at a police station or to a police officer as soon as sensibly possible, which period has been, by the Traffic Act, capped at 24 hours of occurrence of the accident. Now, it is important to note that the owner of the motor vehicle also has a duty to supply the police with all information that is useful for identification of the driver involved in an accident. And from our situation, this report wasn't made. Hence, the summons by the police to the registered owner of the motor vehicle, who, as we've been told in the question, had already sold it and is yet to transfer to the buyer. Now, as I've already said, the duty to report rests with the driver. What the registered owner will need to show is that they were not the driver of the motor vehicle at the time of the accident. Firstly, this can be by way of providing the police with information that, that will point towards the driver. And the sale agreement for the sale of this motor vehicle will be very useful at this point. Just to demonstrate that the registered owner yeah, had already parted with the possession of the motor vehicle. And by the way, also by doing so, they will also be discharging the obligation of the owner providing information that I've already spoken to. And secondly, should the police even go ahead and charge this person, they are likely to be acquitted of the charges since the prosecution is required to show that he was the driver 
of the motor vehicle involved in the accident and that he failed to report the accident. And clearly from our situation, he wasn't as he had already parted with the possession of the motor vehicle. Question number two. I was making a right turn on the road when a speeding overtaking matatu crashed into me. The matatu denied liability and the policeman claimed he would have to get the motor vehicle inspection unit to assess both cars before determining who is on the wrong. Is this the procedure? Firstly, we have to appreciate that liability in motor vehicle accidents may be informed by various factors and aspects. Apportioning it may also be guided by various information, sources of information. It may be guided by independent persons or witnesses who saw the accident happen, the information given by the driver. The scene itself is an important part in determining the person to blame in a motor vehicle accident. So secondly, we also have to note that inspection of motor vehicles involved in an accident is founded in law. We can't run away from that fact that the Traffic Act actually authorizes a police officer to inspect such motor vehicles and that they should not be obstructed from doing so. Now to turn to whether post-accident motor vehicle inspection is the best way of determining how to apportion liability, I'd say that that is subject to a lot of technical effects, such as in terms of the material used in building the body and the size of the body, and may lead to a deceptive outcome if that is what we entirely rely on. You know, post-accident motor vehicle inspection is mainly useful in ascertaining the percentage of damage occasioned on a motor vehicle. This comes in handy when the owner probably wants to sue for compensation or possibly claim indemnity from their insurance. And whereas it is important and uh, right for post-accident inspection to be conducted, it will, in my view, do little in determining liability as I've already noted the outcome might be deceptive. I will advise that such inspection only be cautiously relied upon where the police officer did not, one, have access to the scene of the accident or found that the scene had already been tampered with or there are no eyewitnesses to corroborate what the drivers are saying was what led to the accident. In our case, I'd take a point of view that this is procedurally correct. The post-accident motor vehicle inspection is procedurally correct, but should not be the main source of information in determining liability. Now, where are those other sources that I've mentioned? If they don't exist, then we can rely on it. But with caution, that it may be deceptive. So yes, it is procedurally correct for the police to inspect a motor vehicle after the accident, but not mainly for determining liability. I was following Google Maps to get to a destination when it led me to a U-turn. The matatus in front of me weren't stopped, but I was and told that I was driving in the wrong side of a one-way U-turn. Do I have a defense? 
Well, interesting question there. And my response will take in consideration a number of issues. The first one is the responsibility of Google Maps in the situation, presence or absence of road signs and availability of any justification. Now, to begin with, I hold the view that Google Maps is not responsible for the wrong routes taken by its users. This is basically informed by the fact that besides using the maps, a person is expected to, you know, exercise their own independent judgment and make decisions, rational decisions on where they want to go. So this cannot be tied on Google Maps as a service provider that they provided the wrong suggestions. And it leads me to the second point that in exercise of this independent judgment, did this person see a road sign or were there road signs? So if there was a road sign indicating that that turn is a one-way turn, then they ought to have diligently observed it. But if there was none, then the person was not expected to know the fact that the turn was one-way. And now I turn to the fact that there were other vehicles using the same U-turn as the person in our case. And those vehicles were not stopped. Well, as I already mentioned, the key consideration is on road signs. And if this person follow those matatus in absence of road signs, then they were justified because there was no indication that that is a one-way U-turn. But if they did follow those matatus in disregard of road signs to the effect that that is a one-way U-turn, then there is no justification whatsoever that those matatus were not stopped, but he was stopped. So my take again will be that the defense here is subject to the presence or absence of road signs. Question number four. I was stopped in traffic and falsely accused of obstruction when I refused to hand over my driving license. Telling the police you could check online instead. Do I have a case? I will respond to this in twofold. First, the requirement of carrying the driving license. And second, the fact that any other evidence that may satisfy a police officer that the person driving a motor vehicle is licensed may be accepted. Now, the Traffic Act is expressed that any person driving a motor vehicle on a road shall carry their driving or provisional license. And that upon being required by a police officer, produce it for examination. So to me, there is no bargaining on this. Any person driving a motor vehicle must carry their driving license and hand it to police to examine it upon demand. However, the same act acknowledges that any other evidence that will satisfy the police officer that the person driving is a licensed driver will be considered. I have to advise that this leeway must be explored cautiously since satisfaction implies discretion. It's upon the police officer's discretion. For instance, just pointing the police officer to the online platform, which should essentially serve as an avenue of verification, may not satisfy that the person driving is licensed to do so. A better way would perhaps be to effectively identify yourself using your identification documents and allow the police officer to verify that the bearer of those documents is, you know, licensed to drive. And again, that is subject to discretion. And I must also warn that there is a danger in relying on this online platform because it may possibly be 
inaccessible at the moment, which might make the police officer now fall back to the provision that you must carry your driving license and produce it upon demand. So therefore, while there may be a defense in the present situation, it's not a stable one as it depends on other factors and how the person goes about proving that they are licensed driver. Thank you, Pamba Auma Pamba, the litigator, for making time. It was a pleasure being on the podcast today. Thank you and goodbye. And we hope to have you on our show again in future. Tomorrow we'll, we'll be dealing with issues of personal finance. So join us for Fuliza Friday. And from us at the studio in Swalanyeti, thank you very much for joining us and have yourself a lovely day. Goodbye. You have been listening to Swala Nyeti. If you have a legal question that you want answered, send us a WhatsApp message on 0708111222 or email us at admin at swalanyeti.org. You can find downloads to all our podcast episodes on our website www.swalanyeti.org.